This hey, is New morning. Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Don't, don't hug me when church is over today. I'm just kidding. Gosh, it's so good to be back. Um, what a crazy time. And obviously, the news of Monica's health, uh, when I saw the email, it just is just like a gut punch. I know for all of you as well. So I know you'll be praying every single day. I actually put a note in, I'm praying for her every single day, and for Ron and the team, and it's just a big deal. So please keep her in your prayers. Um, yeah, th- this topic, and, and you know, amazingly, Ron said to me, uh, you're going to kick it off, uh, which seems like not a great idea since I'm not the lead pastor here. Um, but I have some things that I want to say. And to be real honest, this endeavor has been something that has um, kind of hit me to the core, especially with the text that we're going to start with, which is Psalm 23. And I'll put that up on the screen and I'm going to read it in just a minute. But if I could just ask you to do one thing, if it's possible, no matter how long you have been a follower of Christ, whether or maybe you're not a follower of Christ yet, whether it's been a long time or kind of happened last Sunday uh, or just recently, if you could just stop for a minute and do whatever you can to let go of any preconceived notions you have about what it would be to be a companion of Jesus, to have divine companionship in our life. If you would put aside the bad God concepts maybe that you have, or maybe you think they're good God concepts, but they're not, and just hear what is going to be said in Psalm 23, and as I unpack a little bit about David's journey, and then ultimately what that means to us. Because I want you to have a fresh set of of views, but more than that, I want you to have a fresh perspective on what your faith walk with Jesus really means. There was a lady in my church when I pastored here in town um, who came into my office one day and she said, um, I'm, I'm scared that if I do something wrong and then suddenly I'm hit by a bus or something, I don't know why she said hit by a bus, so who gets hit by a bus, but I guess people do. Um, and she said, I'm scared that if I, if I get hit by a bus and I like sinned just before that, that I'm going to go right to hell. And I said, do you really believe that? And she said, I do. And, and we took some time to walk through this idea and I'm like, well, no, that's not how it works. And we talked about who Jesus is and what he does for us and what it means for now and for eternity. And she had lived under this fear for so long that if she did something wrong and then suddenly died, that she was going to be rejected by the king of the universe. Now, that's a a bad God concept. Unfortunately, it's one that people carry along with a host of others. So what I'm inviting you to do right now is as we read, I just want you to hear this. And then I'll make a comment and we'll move from there. And I'm going to move along pretty quickly because we don't have a lot of time. But we, man, it was so good to hear about the mission. Amazing. Make sure you go out there and, and check it out. Just really, really cool. And I know, Ron, you guys have traveled there for a long time. It's awesome. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. 
Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I think David's relationship with God is one of a very few really important pictures that we get in the entirety of Scripture of what having a relationship with God can look like. And this 23rd Psalm, beloved by so many, is really just a beautiful illustration of it. Next slide. David's walk with God, as portrayed in the Old Testament, is both beautiful and it's aspirational. It's this lovely work in progress, but it's also messy and complicated. David was a beautiful mess, kind of like you. And I wanted to stop right there, but then I had to remember, oh, kind of like me at the same time. For those of you who know a little bit about David, this is one of the quintessential characters in the Bible. Though this shepherd boy, able to at once protect his sheep and fight off lions. You got to read the stories about him. It's just incredible. And fought off these lions who tried to take them. The young man who stood up to Goliath and won. This is what we most know about David, right? Who soothed the savage beast of his predecessor, King Saul, by playing and singing for him. And who, because he cared so much about maintaining God's order for things, would not hurt Saul when given the opportunity to take the throne from him by force. He wouldn't do that, but who was eventually released to power, released into power by his faithfulness, but mostly because God chose him, who would dance before God wildly and freely despite so many looking at him, great account of that in the Bible who would dance before God in this incredible way, but everyone was watching, who the Apostle Paul reminds us of in the book of Acts, the words of the prophet that said David was God's choice because he was a man after God's own heart. That's quite a statement, right? But here's the thing. David um, wasn't just that guy. David, in what I refer to as a midlife crisis of faith, is standing on his balcony one afternoon into the evening, having just sent his captain off to war. As the Bible says, in the spring, when kings go off to war, but David stuck around in Jerusalem. And so bored, looking for some spark, goes out onto his balcony in the cooler of the evening, spies this woman bathing outside and makes an inquiry about her. I mean, he's the king, so he can do pretty much whatever he wants, right? And what he really wants is her. He takes her and he figures out who her husband is and finds a way to get him killed in the front lines of battle. And trust me when I tell you that the story is really not so tidy as what I've just said. It is ugly beyond words. And so this man described as being a man after God's own heart, so godly becomes in short order a liar and an adulterer and a murderer. See, he's a beautiful mess. David was amazing and remarkable, and at the same time, this mess or worse, and this is the guy who wrote the 23rd Psalm that we just read and we'll return to in just a minute. In other Psalms, we're gifted with these brilliant pictures of David's relationship with God. They're honest and they're open and they're filled with complaint. Believe it or not, many of David's psalms that he's attributed with writing are him complaining to God. But at the end of it, 
as he struggles with his doubt and faith, he always ends up pointing back to God and saying, but nevertheless, I'll trust you because you've been good to me. There's this dichotomy. It's kind of like our life, isn't it? We're always kind of going back and forth. This is who David was. And I want you to understand David because I want you to understand us. And that's why I'm going here for just right now. I love that because of the close friendships that which I have. I mean, if you are like me and you have any kind of gut level type of relationships, the, the kind that kind of move the needle in your life with all of life's ups and downs, but are kind of a beautiful mess as well. I mean, not that God is ever a mess. He's always beautiful, but I'm always so messy and always so complicated, a lot like David. And yet here is David writing this psalm, talking about the beautiful nature of the shepherd to his sheep. But really it's bigger than that. It's the beautiful nature of God to all us crazy, weird, funky, mangly-looking sheep. I won't say who's the mangliest, because we are all like that at some point. But we all know, because of what we celebrated just last weekend, that all of us have been invited into the amazing opportunity of divine companionship, an actual relationship with the king of the universe. And I wrote these words down because I really thought about it and meant it. That's kind of crazy, right? You don't deserve that. I certainly don't deserve that. It's crazy. And yet that has always been God's plan. This divine companionship. From the moment mankind decided that they could do it on their own, God put this plan into place in order in an effort to secure the opportunity for you and for me to have Jesus as our companion for now and forever. What did I say in the beginning? Just kind of stop whatever you're thinking, however you feel like I should look as a Christian or you should look as a Christian or what church is. And I, gosh, I loved hearing about India because it's totally different over there. But man, there's all these Jesus followers and they love him too. It just looks a little different. I go to Thailand on a regular basis. I've been into three or four different kinds of Thai churches and they are as far from the left to the right. It is incredible. And yet at the root, at the heart, they're all reflecting on this divine relationship they have with the king of the universe. So I've been a companion of Jesus for 42 years. As I'm older, at age 13, and I don't exactly remember the day that it happened, I accepted the offer of this divine companionship. And to this moment, I've been doing my best to keep up with him. Over these 42 years, I've learned a lot. And frankly, I had to unlearn a lot as well. Don't forget, people are always going to tell you what they think your faith walk should look like. But what I want you to remember is if you can keep this straight up, if this can be an actual divine relationship, this divine companionship we have, he will lead and guide. Now, will he use people to help you with that? Yeah. He's going to use a church? Absolutely. He's going to use your business, your opportunities, just your circumstances? Yeah. I think about Ron and Monica, what they've been through over all of these years. And here, as they're kind of trying to put the the cherry on top of the Sunday that has been their ministry world, Monica continues to deal with brutal times. And I trust me when I tell you that, that they have stood up here many times and told you to trust him. They trust him. There's moments of doubt, I'm sure. They're tired. It's exhausting. 
And yet you can't do that from just having a head knowledge set of things you believe about God. You've got to have a real relationship. My relationship with my wife, if I don't have a real relationship with her, we're just going to fall into the creeping separateness. And it can happen in our own relationship with God too. It's not that he leaves. It's just that we kind of are flittery and fluttery and we don't, and we're just all over the place. I think the best part of this though is that Jesus understands that I'm messy and complicated, but with the potential for beauty. He actually wants to pull that beauty out of me and not just for me or the ones I love, but in order to be jettisoned into the world for his good purposes. He sees all that I can be and doesn't cling to all that I have been or even who I am right now. You should hold on to that because that's good. And it took me a while to write it. So I would just encourage you, take your phones out, take a picture if you want. He sees all that I can be and he doesn't cling to all that I have been or even who I am right now. Not like most of our earthly companions, right? Our human nature is always trying to please in order to be accepted and valued. That's how life works, right? We have to earn our value. Most of our relationships are kind of quid pro quo, aren't they? You do this and you do this. And if you stack up here, then you're worthy to be in my friend and we're going to do all this stuff. It's not real because none of us can live up to anybody else's stuff. We only get what we give. We only are granted acceptance by doing or being or acting the right way. But, next slide, but this new nature, the way of divine companionship, what Jesus has made way for by his death and resurrection is that we are all invited into this companionship, foibles and all, deserved or not. Every single one of us. And it doesn't matter who walked in the room that I could say that about them because it's just true. There's not a person you ever laid eyes on that God hasn't created in his image and doesn't want a relationship with. Now, this can be hard because in our head we're thinking, yeah, I can think of a couple that probably not going to be, he doesn't, how could he possibly, and yet he does. We put so much expectation on other people. And God's expectation is just come to me and give me your world, give me your life, and I'm going to walk with you forever and ever. Amen. Not to sound like a country song, but it's what it is. And this is absolutely transcended if you think about it. The companionship is built on his ability to shape us into whatever he sees fit. It's not based on my compliance or my following of the rules and regulations or by my value or what I can bring to the table or even my acceptance of that idea. It's based on what he has done. He invited me to participate in all this because he chose me. He chose me first. He wants me to be his companion. And I took a long time for that last word. Wowzer. Wowzer. That's incredible. Gosh, that's such a good, it's another good one. Take a picture if you want. It's right there. So here's what I want to do. I want to conclude our time um, back in David's Psalm, and we're just going to move through this. Uh, Psalm 23, as a companion of Jesus, I clearly see all the attributes of the good shepherd Verse 1 tells us that he knows what we need and promised to provide everything so that we're not wanting for anything. 
Verse 2 tells us that he leads us to green and thriving and calming places despite what's going on around us. He knows what we need, the rest and the peace and the restorative nature of those places that only he can lead us to, even while the world rages around us. Oswald Chambers says it like this, the great thing about faith in God is that it keeps a person undisturbed in the midst of disturbance. Verse three tells us that he refreshes our soul as only a real companion can. Have you ever had that moment when you needed something, anything? And just then, out of nowhere, suddenly that encouraging friend reaches out and provides just the right word at the right time. And it just feels like medicine and balm and all that. Jesus does that every day for his companions. We just have to pay attention to his voice our great shepherd. Verse four tells us that Jesus' companions, even though we go through really hard times and dark valleys, he's always there. His rod and his staff, symbols of his protection and his steadiness in our life, keep us going even through the darkest times. Remember, this is God's heart for you, all of you. Verse five tells us that even when the world is spinning around and our enemies are within sight and we can hear the dogs baying that we are offered this delightful and full table in the very center of it. I love this idea. We're sitting there, table, great food, and the world is spinning around us. Can you just picture it in your head? And suddenly you're just there and you're like, mm-hmm, and the cup's overflowing. Oh, a little too much in my cup. It's okay. It's what I get with my good shepherd. Whatever your choice of beverage might be, Purely non-alcoholic, of course. Finally, verse 6 reminds us that when all the fighting and living and rising and falling are done, that our divine companion will usher us into a place where we no longer see him dimly, but we will see him face to face. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. I don't know if they did, snuck in behind me. No, they didn't. I'm going to invite you to come on up. Did the worship team leave? Are they here with us still? Okay, it's good. (laughs) Thanks, God. Darby, you were almost on cue. Good job. (laughs) Jesus is our divine companion now and forever. I love the image of the house. It's like this idea that we're dwelling with him, and we are. Whether it's here, you get into the car. Folks, what I just read, what I just talked about, what you see in Psalm 23 is just his heart for humanity, and he longs to draw us to himself. We grow close to him by spending time with him, being real with him, accepting what what the offer is that he has for us. I mean, it's just an incredible deal. As we embark on this journey of divine companionship, I just pray you'll kind of try to let go of everything you think you know and just receive what has been laid out in front of us about how the good shepherd treats his sheep, which ultimately means how our good shepherd treats and loves each one of us. He truly does want a relationship. And relationships are messy. But yet he's never messy and he's always there for us. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for a beautiful morning. It's been so packed. It just feels like we've rushed through because there's so many good things. And that's just another picture of your abundance. 
God, our cup overflows today in this building because you're our good shepherd. And all of us are fighting battles and all of us have the world spinning around us. And right now I'm even picturing Monica sitting at this incredible table with a feast in front of her and everything's spinning around and yet it's like slow and quiet and easy right where you are, right where she is. And Lord, let it be so for all of us as well. God, I'm grateful for your companionship. It's not built on a religious system. It's built on this incredible call that you chose us first. And we just have to answer the bell. Ding, ding. And may we all come to you. Thank you, Father. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.